Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your morning, but as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Good to be back to discussing the games. Uh, me, personally, I probably had a footy sabbatical. I saw some of the results that took place, but I don't think I watched the full 19 minutes of any games. You know, looking forward for the Gunners to be back. Yeah, I mean, uh, with a uh, Sunday's match, uh, not really a game I want us to come back from, like, you know, after <laughs> break. Because, I mean, uh, let's just be clear about it. I mean, look, Leeds also a mixed bag, uh, or had a mixed bag of season so far. Three wins, four losses, and a draw. But, I mean, their playing style has been quite impressive for me under Bielsa. And, and I think also something to be also cautious about. Look, they are a team that, that play fast, free-flowing football, something that we kind of envy. But, I mean, if you also look on the, like, if I put it like this, the flip side of it, they've also conceded a hell of a lot of goals because I think it's something like 17 they've conceded in the, the what's it, eight games. So, I mean, it does show they, they do... They are vulnerable because, I mean, I think the last two games that they played before the international break, it was two 4-1 defeats against Leicester and Crystal Palace. I think they're the type of team probably we need to play. We're playing against a team that, you know, comes out, that does, opens up space and will play their game regardless of what we do. So, I think Arsenal should have to take advantage of this. And I really hope Arteta has regrouped the team because, I mean, you know, we can't afford to, to go through what happened you know the 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 after the first international break because it's just like you know the first like the first set of games we performed you know relatively well we take it the second batch of games you looked at it and just shook your head like wow a lot needs to be done and you know hopefully this third now after this international break we can go strong till through till December. Yeah, no, look us on the other end. Um, if you compare us our form actually to Leeds. Also, a uh, mixed bag, but I think we're, we're, for us as, as Gooners, now it's been uh, a bigger disappointment. I'll just uh, I'll waste all this in front of goal because, I mean, it's been also our undoing. It's, it's, we end up, you know, being uh, get caught short in, in, in games, and then you end up with either those narrow defeats, you know, getting sucker punched, or the way we saw against Aston Villa also, where Toothless for the majority of the game, and then you, you know, really get played off the park by a team that you were kind of expecting to, to be just sitting deep and, and allowing you to attack them. But I mean, we were, as I said, toothless. We look, you know, we barely look at a real threat in front of goal, whether it's around the box or inside the box. And I mean, look, nine goals in eight games, it's, it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's, now that you think, make you think of it, it's, it's, it's quite sad that. We used to be such this free-flowing team that would score goals for days, but it's like now we, we're struggling to find it. And I just hope, you know, Arteta tweaks things here and there to try to get a bit more out of his attacking players now. And I mean, look, the big pre-match news is um, El Nini is a big doubt because of the sole corona symptom thing that he's not picked up on international duty for, for Egypt and uh, Kolasinac as well. But I think um, Kolasinac, I'm uh, sorry, um, El Nini and, and Mohamed Salah, they actually arrived from Egypt, I think, today. So there is still a possibility that they could, you know, maybe get for their respective clubs a, a starting a, a role on the bench because it can't be that serious if they were, you know, already around, uh, allowed entry into the UK. I, I guess this whole COVID thing is, 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 you know, messing up a lot of teams. Like, I mean, an international break kind of doesn't make sense when you have players flying all over around the world. 
you know, let's keep them kind of with their respective clubs, like, you know, they kind of did with the NBA to, and there weren't really much infections, but it's like, you know, you flying here, you flying there, they meet up, you infect this player, this player, and then suddenly, you know, you, you, your, your team has, has a few um, casualties, but like you said, down there, he probably won't start, and I um, think Partey still is a bit of a niggle, so you could end up having the likes of Sebayos and Chaka in the midfield, a bit more probably free-flowing. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think Ateta's press conference he had earlier, he actually did mention now that, that party, party is probably rolled out for the game, for the Yeah, so, so that's exactly, I mean, kind of the guy you would have wanted in the midfield against Leeds. I mean, Shaka and Sebayos now, big test for them. Are they kind of, you know, would say fall behind the picking order? behind on the Indian party. So, you know, it's big big opportunity for them to step up now and show they what, what they what they got and earn their spot in the team. And you know, I just want to bring up that point here that you mentioned about uh, you know FIFA, UEFA and, and the various uh, international football associations. Look, they could also see most of the clubs and the domestic leagues of probably throughout the world at the moment of keeping a good check on things like you're not having that, that, that seriously because look everybody's doing this sort of uh, bubble quarantine thing with the, with the squad yeah. with the respective squads and they've actually kept it to to a, a good amount like you know yeah they would have maybe an odd case but other than that most leagues have kept it in check but uh, the, the point now to just bring up uh, you and I said the international thing it, it does expose you to a hell of a lot of things because look you're not only going to another country now or I'm not not just talking of your homeland as a player, but you're also traveling away games and that, and you don't know what you're actually picking up wherever you're going. Yeah, it's it's just a bit careless, and you you see like, you know, Liverpool's lost a few players, and they already almost down to bare bones. But you know, and yet they continue doing this whole um, you know traveling thing, and you know, bringing it back to Arsenal, you got to look at it and think, you know, Arsenal has opportunities because they don't have this taxing Champions League ties, these, uh, like, a lot of opportunities that isn't with Liverpool getting injuries. I mean, I'm sure Leicester will probably, you know, be licking their lips playing against Liverpool, but it's just that Arsenal hasn't seemed to be able to take advantage of any gifts that's been given to them. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, blow teams out of the water, but, you know, try to get the result at home against Leicester and try to get the result against home at Aston Villa. You beat Man United. You know, you, you're you chipping away on points, but it's like, we th- we're throwing points down the drain at home, which should be your bankers, and they're making it difficult for ourselves should we play against the away from home. And I think this game against Leeds now becomes a must-win game for Arsenal. So, I mean, that also leads me now to the next point. Uh, like your opinion, uh, like you know, what do you expect from that that match? What sort of match do you expect? It both sides open. Do you expect Arsenal to sit, you know, do the old Trafford type thing, where they just sit in there to pick uh, leads off since you know leads will come out full force, or do you go like you know toe to toe with them since you know they're not going to be sitting deep and 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 you know trying to defend constantly? You know. I think you you kind of sit deep, but you're going to have to get your players kind of with speed up front. You need to get the Bamiang in the center, maybe Pepe, and maybe Saka out wide. Then maybe you can, you know, kind of play a three in the middle, maybe with Xhaka holding, and then you kind of have um, Sebayos playing 
with I don't know who I actually have as the the the, the, the another set, maybe even Willock. But you kind of play a disciplined approach, but you can sprinkle out the attack one counter attack and try to expose gaps. Because I mean if I'm sure if you let Pepe actually lose and give him the freedom, you can and you have TNE and Paladin maybe overlapping as well. You will have some, you know, good opportunity to, to expose um leads. I think this is one of the games where you can go the Arteta way to try to be um, you know, more cautious, clever. You know, could if you're gonna go gung ho against Leeds, it could end up being a five four game or a five three game and you know we don't have five goals in us at the moment. So, you know, you're looking for maybe to pop a two 0 win, one 0 win or something like that. But you know, something that really opened my eyes the other day uh, against the Aston Villa. Um, you have people like, you know, Jack really that's an away game for them. But um, the, the sort of freedom he had, I mean, I expected, say, somebody like, you know, if you say stick a William in the middle of the park like that, or, um, I don't know, or say by us in that sort of, you know, you give that sort of freedom. I mean, you actually see a player playing his full potential when you see, you know, you don't know whether to mark him on the left side, you don't know if he's going to go down the middle or to, like with a pass, or he's got, coming from the outside left. We just don't have that sort of cutting edge, and I think that is something that Arteta should try to experiment with, with some of these players. Yeah, it seems a bit too rigid all the time. Like, yeah, you know, you, exactly. you you know that 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 your party, for example, you, you made a good point of it. Was it, was it against, was it against Leicester or, or was it against, um, I think it was against Leicester when, when he played and you could see like, you know, Arteta almost kind of put a, a like a tracker on him to tell him, you know, you can't go further than this because, in the, I think it was against in the Europa League tie. He was everywhere, you know, and he was making things happen. And in Old Trafford as well, he was everywhere. But the moment you kind of tell party, you know, just stick in this area, you kind of limit his game because you you need somebody to work with him. You need to play him in a three-man midfield. Let someone work with him and let someone sit. And then, like someone, like you said, Sebeos can be the roamer across the field, left, right, center, wherever. But I think it's just, too strict at the moment with players. I mean, Aubameyang is basically almost just staying on the left-hand side. You don't even see him venturing into the centre anymore like he would normally. So, you know, I don't know, tactics-wise, if things need to change as well, like a bit more freedom. I mean, I think Osblog did an article the other day about Arteta kind of, you know, digging his heels in with, yeah, you know, he's not going to just change... Um, you know, tactics and that just because of the Aston Villa game. And I'm thinking to myself, if we, like, look, I, I don't know, it, it could also just be, you know, talk, like, you know, like people trying to get clicks and that. But for me, it's just, if, if he's going to go in with that sort of mindset or that approach, then he's almost like he's going to set himself up for failure then. Because you can't also beat, because I'm like, we, we predicted before that the team sheet is even put out. There's no... Guess who were going into the opposition? It was like every, you know, the same way we got frustrated, like with with Emery, we, we got frustrated with Wenger, the latter parts, where it's like everybody already knows. Look, they don't like it physical. They don't like it this way. They don't like it that way. And then you can see, and maybe now you okay, you can't get that. I'm like too physical with us. But now again, it, it comes down to off the ball running, who's tracking, and and that is still the the biggest sore point for us. That sometimes you have a lot of people not tracking. Look at that that game. I can't uh, get to it now. Like who we played against. But it was, we had told, uh, told you where William was the one that should have been tracking back. And he allowed, you know, since we already had, say, Lacazette and, and Aubameyang, 
on the halfway line. Any sort of running down the flanks, there should be now, you know, the, the guys that are set out as like supposedly the wingers and that. And you can see by the time the goal gets conceded, it could even be one of the games to be won at home. Where there was just absolutely no uh, tracking back and no marking. And it ends up with that guy, the, the guy that ends up scoring or setting up the goal, getting almost like just a free run down the flanks. And we just don't cover that. We, we I think we should, you know, play more solid and, and, and almost like a smothering type of brand of football. I think I think William needs a break though for this game. He needs to just on the bench because up until his first game, you know, he hasn't impressed much. And I think we need to go back to a back four. I think you know, chopping and changing three, four, three, three at the back, four at the back. I think let's just stick with the back four. I mean, can maybe get Gabriel and Louise a chance to gel together? Tierney left back, um, either Maitland Niles or Bellerin or even Cedric right back, and you build from there, because it's like, our wingers are doing way too much tracking back, you know, a guy like, for me, like Saka, when he plays left wing back, a guy like him shouldn't be in his own box, defending across from, like we saw that Aston Villa, that own goal he scored, he shouldn't be there, his job is to be in the opposition's half, you know, yes, he can track back to make tackles now and again, but he's, at the, as Saka, as an Arsenal player at the Emirates Stadium, he should be playing one-on-one against the, the right-back, you know, coming at him, cutting in, or the left-back, you know, making the defender think. But right now, the defenders don't think against Arsenal. It's too easy and too comfortable. And like you said, if Arteta doesn't change things soon, it's going to get stale very quickly, and us as fans are going to get frustrated. It's not the knee-jerk reaction of saying, oh, no, Arteta out. It's about saying, look, you know, you've done well to get this far, but you know, if you're not going to get past this hurdle now, Arsenal fans are going to look back and say, you know, nothing's changed, what has changed? Because look where we are in the league at the moment. I think like, when I look through that squad in general, like from the midfield to the forwards, there's no real legs in that team, like, you know, the, the old-fashioned way of us now talking with the, you know, real runners, hard grinders, like, you don't see... Look at, like, even when you look at Lacazette, he looks laboured when he runs. Uh, yes. You look at and Ketia, he can't really get away from the last man or, <laughs> or the, the defender is. And Obama, you know, you, you're kind of, uh, you know, cutting him at, at the Achilles, just sticking him out wide there because he's not getting any runs at people. He's not really drilling. Not at all. And, and even if he does get inside the box or, uh, or close to the goal, there's nobody making their darting runs to the near post, far post. We don't have people that, that think like that. And yet, when you look when the ball gets flipped the other side, like when we have to defend, you get you get people, you know, some are charging the goalkeeper, some are charging the near post, some are charging um, the far post. And then you get a couple of late runners from midfield as well because they know Arsenal's not going to that, that, plug that gap. So you get, you know, that even if that ball breaks from any of those crosses coming in from the flanks, when that ball comes in just to the outside of the box, you know someone's going to let fly or uh, try to just dink a ball into the box to cause confusion. You don't think this formation almost kind of, how can I say, hamstrings the team attacking-wise in terms of, you know, you, you know as a as a left wing-back and a right wing-back, you, know, you can't push up too far because, you know, if you're on the edge of the box, going mm-hmm. to put the ball in the box, you mess up the ball. You need to make sure you're darting back again. And that formation, the 3-4-3, doesn't allow you to play free-flowing attacking football. It allows you to make a few attacks here and there. 
but Newt will be lethal with it. We saw it against Man City. You know, we put the chances away we got and stayed 2-0. You, you, you did it against Chelsea. You put away the two chances you got. But the problem comes down to is that you're not getting enough bodies in the box. Mm-hmm. But do you think it's because of that formation? I mean, it, it, it makes players maybe not want to get into the box because they know if it doesn't go our way, they have to get on their bike and go back the other way again. I think, you know, like... My my take on that that point you know bring up. Look, the three four three can work, but then you're gonna have to have a, 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 almost like a, a, a ten man you know infield players that everybody is running that they've got that pace to the game that can go yeah. forward, track back. But I mean, if you got like say a quarter of the team doing this, one quarter of the team doing <laughs> that, it's uh, just that point you're not saying. It, then it's not gonna work. Then you might as well tear that up and then go you know to a back four again because. If you look at that, at Liverpool, let's just uh, take for example now. If you take say the stronger squad, you get people like Virgil van Dijk and and whoever his partners with this Matip or Gomez or Gomez, yeah. Well, just, let's just hang on that halfway line, and then you get Alexander Arnold and and Robertson. They are causing total havoc down the flanks. Not only either, not like not just like, like supporting, but it's like you've got. Save uh, uh, Mane, whatever, and he's got Robertson that, that has his back. You've got yeah. uh, Salah and uh, Alexander Arnold has his back, and you have that sort of constant moving in and out of that. And teams cannot deal with it. You see a, a sort of blend say, with with Man City also, but they will again hurt you down the heart of that that, that uh, through the middle with De Bruyne and them. And we also don't have that that that, that guy because. It's not like we're leaving everything up to to party now that like he's not injured. Now we again like you know with inside <laughs> being the back. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, you, you kind of play with left wing backs, right wing backs to be kind of inverted commas attacking guys that can go up and down. But you look at Liverpool, they probably they a lot of their goals come from their left and right backs who just bomb down the line. They play maybe a one-two or get into a crossing area, and the ball in the final third is always quality and causes havoc. Look how they scored those goals against us uh, when they beat us. It was from the left and right back causing problems. And it's like ours, ours will cross, you know, one in every five crosses will be a cross that you can go, oh, wow, we should have scored that. But after that, it's back to eating the first man or overeating the ball. And it's just things that need to be worked on if, you know, we want to play this 343 because I think 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 is just I think you know just get back to basics and start getting the results because you know us as fans are starting to get you know but despondent you know you're only eight games into the season and you're thinking you know there is hope there is life in the season but you know let's let's try to get it out because I'm telling you we're not going to go far if we continue the way we are playing and Spurs is looking you know they're not looking the best but they seem like they're improving and they're getting results. Gareth Bale's come in. Um, Son is firing at cylinders. Kane is, you know, on form. So, we, there's nobody in our team you can really point out, but for our defenders, you know, maybe Partey and Gabriel, you know, who's been on top of things for us. And uh, also, if you look at, at Everton, uh, look at, at, at people that, that you kind of, uh, or people have kind of written off, uh, say someone like, say, Seamus Coleman, or you got Dinier, and I mean, they guys are like on the money with the crosses. And I mean, for Calvert, yeah. all he has to do is just put his head to the wall and it's in. Yeah. I mean, if you put Calvert Lewin in our team, I think he would struggle even at the moment. You know, as four matches, he's 
you put him in Arsenal's team and he would look lost because we're not making it easy for our attackers. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's like pulling teeth that they have to to, to to find their way to score a goal. It's it's difficult. It's difficult even, you know, watching us play at the moment. There's no everything side to side, side to side. We need to be more direct. And I think, you know, we need to, if if we don't change that, I can see a lot more frustration happening as Arsenal fans this season. Uh, uh, for me, Kieran Tierney has been eating, you know, gems of balls into the box. But I mean, yeah. like I said, fluffing up every single opportunity that comes his way where he's either not brave enough or he's, he's totally, you know, his bearings are totally off. And I think that is where we do miss that, that you know, a lengthy sort of target man forward. Because look, if we're not going to go... The, the pace route down the middle, like you know, using Aubameyang's uh, true strength, then why not then get the, just a target man to stick in the middle, and then you have Aubameyang's pace on the one side with uh, Tierney backing him up, and 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 Bellerin and and um, say Pepe or whatever on the other side. But you need something coming from that, that in the attacking sense. And the other big worry is uh, it's not happened <clears throat> since last season already, and I haven't seen it really fixed whether it's uh, under Emery. Uh, if that's Freddie's little stint or now under Arteta, but have you noticed the amount of goals that comes down the Bellerin side with, with Pepe when they eat on that side? Yeah, yes. That's shocking, like the, the, how easy it is to carve them down that side. And it, and I think teams are, are, have been focusing and looking to to exploit that all the time. They know it's our weakness. They know, you know, TNE seems a bit more reliable on that side, but if you, if you switch it over and, and focus on that side, especially, you know, when it's a combination of holding Paladin and Pepe together. They they, they know, and even William now as well, they, they they spotted that there's like kind of the chink in the armor. And they you'll always look at Aston Villa. They were all the time eating the ball that side. So, with regards to Leeds, um, who do you think, like in your opinion now, uh, will they danger men or danger men be? For... For me, I I think I was uh, was Bamford, 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 Bamford. I was trying to get his name. I think him personally, you know, with with, with just the form he's been in, I think he could could give us a a, a toilet time up front if our defense isn't sorted out and if if our confidence isn't there. I think you know we we could have a tough time against him. But I do feel you know as much as you talk about you know um, players that I would worry about. I think what's that guy they said from the German league? I think it was Koch or something like that. I think it's um, oh, yes. He used to be making a lot of errors all the time, and I think if Arsenal can maybe pressure him as well, you know, he could be a game changer. I mean, he gave away that two penalties against Liverpool, or not two penalties. He was involved in like two or three of that goals Liverpool scored when West Brom played against him. He was involved in a lot of the goals or Fulham. So he's a very like a mistake waiting to happen. I think we can actually try to push on that to try to, to take advantage of that. But I think from a, a attacking sense, I think Bamford's definitely the guy that, that we need to watch out for. I mean, like... And yours? Your you opinion? Know, no, I also think it's Bamford because he really reminds me also of you know that Aguero types where he's actually just waiting to run off a, a defender making an error. So it's like either misjudging a ball in flight or something like that and he's already like, you know, got jet heels to sprint away. So, I think we may have to be also very cautious there. Uh, other thing I just wanted to also mention, I'm not just going through this one stat here. Uh, you know, the shots on target per match leads us on like 5.5 eh, per game. And Arsenal are down in 13th place with 3.5. 
Oh, so there's not going to be warning shots fired before the you know the game has even started. No, definitely we need to we need to put up our socks, but you know you you can't like you know you you expecting us to come back from the international break and things to change drastically. It's it's probably going to be you know not much of a change, but something needs to be tweaked maybe just to kind of get us over the line because I mean I'm tired of you know. Well, um, expecting like when you go behind in a game and feeling like there's no hope for a goal because the team just doesn't look like they're creating anything like they're not pushing a team to where the players are cramping or they when they're in the Europa League it seems like you know they they boss games but the moment they're in the Premier League it's like you know they they go into the shell again yeah but it just shows you the the, the <laughs> Quality at times in that, you know, <laughs> so, you know, no wonder we become like a little world in the tournament. But the uh, issue, we, yeah, sorry, go on, go on, go on. You go on, because I was about no. to say. I was just gonna say the big issue is when Arsenal start coming up against the world teams in the in the Europa League, and that's when my big worry comes. So we switch our attention now to the Molder game on Thursday evening in the Europa League. Uh, we already got nine points in three games, and I think Arteta's mindset will probably be look since we already know he's got no usually that same sort of mindset. Pepe's of probably going in again with a sort of uh, strong side uh, for the final uh, group uh, for the fourth group game. Probably get the qualification there and then, and then use that last two games to you know do the uh, you know rotate uh, you know the heavy squad rotations. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think you know, I was before you brought it up. You know, as this morning, actually, I was thinking about it, thinking of the Europa League games coming up, and just thinking, you know, get the job done. I think that's easy or biggest challenge for so-called inverted commas, the tough spot. Yeah. But if you get the job done, beat them, I think you know you home and dry, and you can play around with your team, see what you want, then test. If you wanted to put William as a false nine, you could have tried it in one of the games like we did, not like putting it against Man City. Um, but yeah, I think it should be a, a I wouldn't say a routine win, but Mulder might give us a bit of a, a challenge. But I do see us coming away with the three points and just, you know, sealing qualification and looking on to the bigger challenges coming our way. I mean, I actually think our biggest challenge will be that that 4G pitch that, that Mulder have. Because I, look, Arsenal will probably be training, you know, in the air. Because look, Arsenal also have a setup like that at uh, London Colney, or that 4G pitches, uh, that indoor ones. So I think, look, because look, they're going to have to now also see the bounce is going to be different. Whether, you know, how you're going to tackle is also going to be totally different than you would normally go on a grass pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be. Maybe it's something a new challenge for him, especially since you know the group has been very straightforward. So it'll, it'll keep them wits about them and keep them sharp at least. But I'm honestly hoping you know two positive results, something we haven't seen in a while. Uh, we now switch our attention to the talking point section of the podcast. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard now, but Premier League clubs are now pushing for that five subs rule to be brought back because there's been almost like a spike in injuries and. At first, I thought it was, you know, nonsensical. And that, but when I was looking at most of the other leagues, uh, still kept the five subs in the domestic uh, competitions. And I think last week it was decided also that all the, like from the championship league, one league, two sides, they're going to stick now or revert back to the five subs rule. So it's just the Premier League that's, you know, like 
the odd one out. And Frank Lampard's even been pushing because he's saying like, you see that that, that sort of like since all the games are not clustered like that so so tightly once you know even after the international break, there is no real respite for players. So, what's your thoughts on that now? No, I I honestly think they should. Should bring the five um, subs back. It's gonna say treating players like uh, a piece of meat almost. That you know they would just go out there, go out there like slaves almost. You know, yes, they're getting paid, you know, absorbent amounts of money, but you know, you we're all human at the end of the day, and you can't expect people to perform game in, game out, game in, game out. And you, you see with Liverpool, for example, you know, yes, they are opposition. But you feel for them because look at their players in the injury list that's being driven into the ground. So. Five subs is definitely something that I will agree upon. Uh, then with regards to Saka, uh, I think he's also been in the media a lot the last uh, 14 days or so because uh, people are also worried, like, you know, for Arsenal fans especially, about him risking, the, the, you know, the, the level of burnout. Because I just went through his sets of the past two weeks. Against Ireland, he played a full 90 minutes. Against Belgium, he had to come on after 38 minutes, so that's like 52 minutes at the end of playing. And then you had the Iceland game where you played the full 90 as well. So do you think that's also too much for somebody that's almost like a vital cog to our squad? I think so. I think, you know, maybe we should give him a break against Leeds. Uh, It's tough to say this, but you know what the issue when you had with Jack Wilshere? You know, two different players, I know, two different bodies, I know, but that Injury cycle just seems, you know, if somebody picks up an injury, you know, they keep on picking it up, keep on picking it up. So, you know, let, let him rest and I think, you know, let him come back fresh. Even if you let him maybe do a cameo against Leeds, 30 minutes. I mean, you have Reese Nelson there as well to come and play if you need. So maybe give Saka a rest, few games. I mean, you can maybe use him a sub here, yeah, sub there, and then you know, throw him in again. I think probably next week, Sunday or Monday when we play again. So that's just my opinion. I don't want us to play a play into a ground because almost like we, we're depending so much on Saka yeah. and it's kind of becomes, you know, pressure on the young man's shoulders. And then the last point I have to make, um, we've now been linked to Soboslai of, of Salzburg, that midfielder that's, you know, almost like really lit the, the uh, what sort of tournament they've been playing? Were they in the Champions League? You know? Yeah, they are in the Champions League, yes. So, so he's really lit up that that the Champions League, and since he's got something like, I think, I believe it's a 25 or 30 million release clause, that has not kind of put up, you know, feelers for most top European clubs, and Arsenal have been now linked with that, uh, with this player now. And since there is normally this sort of uh, agreement between all the Red Bull clubs, there was talk that he could be a target for Leipzig, you know, for the, almost like a next step in his career. But I just think Arsenal, look, it's an old, of course, talk, early days still. But I mean, I really think Arsenal should go for somebody like that because if you think our is going to probably be something like double the sort of figure. Yeah. And and then you think this guy can do the exact same job. He's quite strong. He's, you know, the real tall and that. And I mean, he's, he's like a sort of midfield destroyer and, like, you know, setting up goals and, and quite fast also. And he's like, his thinking is also the type of thinking that we're looking uh, after, uh, looking for. For, uh, regard, with regards to creativity. So I just think he should be maybe an option, you know, to take up maybe if that, uh, that clause is not that big. 
I think we should do that. You know, wait till the January. I'm, I'm no disrespect to them, but I don't think they'll probably end up coming out of the group with Bayern and Atletico Madrid. I mean, if they do, then good to them. But you know, if if they don't, you know, you can you can kind of knock on the door and ask. You know, can can we maybe get him in January? And you and you and you can maybe take Arsenal that bit higher to kind of even win the Europa League if he's il- will be eligible to play in it since they dropped down to the Europa League Salzburg or he can give Arsenal a push for the top four spot so it wouldn't be bad to you know put the feelers out there I mean we have Mustafi on our books who I think Barcelona but now through it is is interested in him so you know maybe you can make some cash up there and you know maybe go out for and get the guy in the summer I mean in sorry uh, we did transfer window. The way you know the way people are doing their dealings, like even the top clubs now. Why don't you just throw also maybe a player in where you can say, look, let one of these youngsters, you know, play the season or off season with you. Like say somebody like Willock, let him develop in there, or you know, just like get some sort of fluidity going. Also, maybe it also brings. Where well, that's what I felt also when the the window closed, the transfer window closed for the for the Premier League. I really thought people like. Bullock could be sent out where, you know, also bulk up and even say something like Nketiah, if he still has like some chance as a, as a forward, but let him, you know, get sort of, because look at that, let's face it, the championship does toughen most players up that go the unknown. I mean, you can see the sort of development also when you look at the sort of players that, that um, say, Foden is now. Yes. And, and, and that, uh, what was it, like Grealish also when he was now grinding the, in the, in the Yes, Preston Villa, yeah. So that's what, that should have been that should have been our sort of thinking also in long long run because we're not really developing our players now from the academy where they can just you know graduate not not graduate but can go directly into the squad now it's like old uh, you know that old school type of uh, development phase so then might as well then stick him out some either elsewhere in Europe or or uh, in the championship. Yeah, because they're not going to get minutes now. They expect it to develop. And then by the time they reach a certain age, you know, it's too late for them to kind of eat that fast development. And you're sitting with a guy in the books that could have been something and you're having to let him go for half the price. So, you know, like you said, sitting them out on loan, if they don't act it on loan, then unfortunately they can't make it out on loan. There's a high possibility they're not going to make, you know, at the Arsenal. And unfortunately, you kind of, it sounds a bit harsh, but they have to kind of let them go, solve the player or, you know, see what what value you can get because right now it's just that players are doing well in the Europa League but when it's coming to the big games they know it to be found. Yeah. So do you have any other talking points before we shut this podcast for the day? No, I'm, 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 I'm all good. I think you've brought some a lot and we spoke about some of the stuff in the, the podcast that I would have made mention to. Okay. So guys, take care. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game as well on Sunday. Take care. Bye. Cheers guys. Let's hope we get the three points. Thanks.